George Kritikos here to talk to you about the Player Raider podcast. Along with co-host Ryan McDowell, we leverage the DLF player valuation tools and help inform you on your dynasty roster strategies. Whether you're joining a new startup, rebuilding a team, or maybe you're just not quite at contention level yet, we help you understand player values and how to really drive your team forward as dynasty owners. Tune in and enjoy the show. DLF family of podcasts. That's James the Brain. Every year, this is one of my favorite weeks, John. The Browns can't lose. <laughs> you can't say that anymore, man. They're kind of good now. It's, oh well, well come on, come on now, come on now. You got Baker. They still lose more than they win. You you should be excited to see Baker Mayfield get on the. All right, we're we're. I'm excited to see Nick Chubb get on the field, but that's okay. Let's go. Yeah, let's roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah you have that at least. Okay. Anyways, yeah, we're holding things up here. I don't know why you do this to me. Like when Travis is gone, why you gotta argue? You dude? have to. Why you gotta argue? <laughs> you just, let's go. Let's you have go. to make like extra problems just because Travis because isn't here. It's because so, we got a big guest and I gotta stand out while I can. You know, so. That's very true. No Travis appeared this week, but we do have. That is Stompy the the Stomp. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I right. had a hard and time with with you guys who who just go with one name. I had a hard time with Outhouse too. But yeah. So in honor of Travis, what kind of music the Pilgrims like? Mm, I don't know. Plymouth Rock. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's. It, just just for future reference, it's always better if you can come up with a little bit of a dirty one. But uh, I I still I'll still give you a, a laugh. Oh come on! Since I you're a guest even... here, dirty, get out of here with dirty. It's Thanksgiving. <laughs> this is a wholesome, wholesome, yeah, Puritan whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a man child, so I want I want dirty jokes, even the dad jokes. I am John. Don't stomp. Believe in Hogue. And this is a Super Flex Super Show. Again, no Travis Beard, but we did manage to bring in the big guns in his replacement from every single corner of the fantasy football universe and a fellow Broncos fan, Sam Stompy Lane. I had to use your government one time there, Stomp, uh, but the world knows you as Stompy. It's been a long time coming. Glad to finally get you on here, man. Hey, I'm really happy to be here. Uh, I got big dogs calling me up. You guys are one of the big dogs now, so I feel oh, nice. pretty special being on here. I did not even realize that. I I don't know when when or how that happened, but maybe John, I made he, maybe I made it up in my head. I don't know. That's now very he possible. he got the email. You, you got to check your email, John. When we reach big dog status, you got an email letting you know that we were we had reached that. I, Wait, which show we'll am I hosting there, right I, now, I, James? I don't even oh remember. Oh my gosh! So, <laughs> oh so I was gonna—I was—I was gonna actually talk about that 
you guys were making or or James was getting all jealous or or yeah. envious or what have you mm-hmm. <laughs> about a period about how many podcasts you're appearing on. I was like, well, what am I doing then? Like, am I the am I the actual whore here or what? Oh, man. oh no, yeah, no, no, you're, no. It, you're it, all over the place. But you, you, it wasn't even appearing, Stompy. You, which, by the way, um, part of the reason why we are so excited to have you on is because we've listened to you several times in some of your guest spots. You're always great. Um, but no, it wasn't. It wasn't the fact that he was on there. It was the fact that he hosted. <laughs> he hosted. He took it. He he like he like made it his home. You know, yep. it's just, it's not. Just... It's it's one thing if you go to someone else's place for Thanksgiving dinner, but when you host it, you can't you can't host <laughs> just... it with. You can't host it without in, your family. You know? I just I just walked in and started carving the turkey yep, and then put is. my feet up <laughs> yeah, on the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's yeah, just, just how I roll, just, man. You just, just went to someone else's it. closet. You grabbed their Thanksgiving sweatshirt that you put on, <laughs> and you just went downstairs, started carving the turkey, and you said the prayer too. Like, come on, John. That's you right. And you know what? I made that sweater look way better than he ever would have. just kidding just kidding i I enjoy you guys very very much (laughs) (laughs) well it's awesome to have you here dude let's uh let's get down to business a little bit here and uh stompy have you tell the beautiful people where they can find your just massive amounts of work uh besides pretty much every podcast right so (laughs) uh, on on twitter i'm at ff stompy um, and then I write for the F3 podcast, the IDP guys, and then I uh, write a start sit weekly column for the fantasy authority. Um, and then I've been doing some stuff for sportssabermetrics.net. If you guys want to check that out, I believe it's free for the next couple weeks. Just check out the premium tools, the start sit tools and stuff like that. Give us some feedback. It's basically, we're just trying to build an analytics website, um, and, and I'm talking to the guy who hosts another podcast <laughs> for another analytics website. Um, but yeah, so if you guys want to go check that out, uh, let us know what we can add and uh, hopefully that can help you set your lineups and win some DFS uh, money this week. Can always, always use more of that in this fantasy universe. Yeah, you're, uh, mm-hmm. you're, your banner on your uh, Twitter page is starting to look like a yep. college football helmet with all the <laughs> all the flare, all the what, what do they call it in in college guys? The uh, uh, yeah, the stickers. I can't yeah. remember. Yeah, yeah, all those little stickers for all their credentials or whatever. You gotta, I'm sure go, that's go, not what go it listen, is. But. What is it? Go listen to the the uh, Devi manual, right? Yeah, yeah, the yeah the Devi owners manual. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, those guys are pretty awesome. But yeah, anyways, so and it's at FF Stompy. If you're not already following, I mean, pretty much everybody is. But you know, uh, there's there's we're there are always some stragglers who are late to the game. You should be following our man Stompy at FF Stompy on Twitter, and you get to add to your resume a uh, you're going to help us break down the Week Eleven matchups. The positions, anyways. We we quit doing matchups. We're getting through these a lot faster so that we can also get to some listener trade questions uh, at the end oh, of each yeah. one of these shows. But Stompy's going to help us break these down, which is going to be awesome. Um, but we're going to do it the same way we always do. Green lights, yellow lights, red lights at each position, plus a start of the week, a sneaky start, and a bust alert. 
And we're actually going to start with our man, James, the brain in the quarterback position. Awesome. Awesome. Can't wait to break down some quarterbacks here. So green lights for me this week. Um, okay. So we're, we're just going to, we're going to start. You can throw me to the wolves right away. I'm going to start with Dak Prescott, Jared Goff, Patrick Mahomes, Carson Wentz, and Drew Brees. That is it for my green lights this week. Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson played on Thursday night. We're not breaking down that game because it's going to drop after that game has been played, which is it's finishing up right now, actually. Um, so with two quality quarterbacks off the board and some bye weeks, um, some pickings there for the green lights. But those are guys you can feel comfortable with. Yellow lights, I got some solid fantasy quarterbacks that have some tough matchups. We're going to start with Kirk Cousins against the Bears, Mitchell Trubisky against the Vikings, Ryan Fitzpatrick against the Giants. I know the Giants, but the Giants are actually pretty decent against the pass, uh, or at least against opposing quarterbacks in fantasy. Matt Ryan against Dallas. Cam Newton against Detroit, Big Ben against the Jacksonville Jaguar defense, Phillip Rivers against the Denver Bronco defense, Andrew Luck against Tennessee, and Deshaun Watson against Washington. Those are all some good quarterbacks that normally you feel pretty comfortable starting, all with some tougher matchups. So those guys get yellow lights for me. Some iffy fantasy quarterbacks with good matchups. I'm starting with RG3, possibly. Sounds like he's going to get the start in Baltimore. Joe Flacco and Lamar Jackson both missing practice. Sounds like RG3 is the guy. He's got Cincinnati, which uh, gives up a boatload of fantasy points to quarterbacks this year. Um, we've also got um, Eli Manning uh, is going up against Tampa Bay. Uh, Blake Bortles against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Josh Rosen against the Oakland Raiders. All quarterbacks that normally you don't feel comfortable starting Um but they all have plus matchups, so I give them the yellow light and bump them up a little bit. My red-white guys, guys, I am not starting for any reason unless I absolutely have no options other than that. Alex Smith, Case Keenum, and Derek Carr. Um, a lot of that is matchup-driven. Derek Carr and Alex Smith just haven't been good this year. Case Keenum, I think I expect better things out of Case Keenum, and I'm kind of interested to hear what you guys have to say, both guys, uh, both you guys being very close to the Denver situation. Um, after I give my uh, my last few picks here, if you guys can comment on Case Keenum and what you guys see for him moving forward, because I kind of see an uptick in his fantasy production, but this is a tough matchup this week. Uh, my start of the week is Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is going against the New Orleans Saints. I expect that to be a shootout, a high-scoring game. Carson Wentz just this last week threw for over 300 yards and a couple scores. Um, I think he, he should be able to... Uh, to really build upon that uh, another week working with golden Tate and another week where uh, the game script should be throw, 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 you know, pass the ball an awful lot. I think just based off of sheer volume, Carson Wentz should see a whole lot of good numbers. So I'm putting him as my start of the week. My sneaky start is Dak Prescott. Again, he has a, uh, a green light for me. Um, and really the reason being is, is, uh, is matchup wise. I mean, uh, the Dallas Cowboys um, haven't had a whole lot of uh, good good game scripts for him because the defense has been pretty decent, but they are going to Atlanta. I could see them needing to put up some points and throw the ball a little bit more. Um, Dak Prescott finally showed last week that he's capable of doing some stuff off of play action. When the run game is working, I expect the run game to be working. I think Dak Prescott could be a really, really good start against a weak Atlanta secondary uh, and Atlanta secondary. We just saw Baker Mayfield throw for multiple touchdowns against that, uh, that defense. Um, I think that was his first time in his career that he was, he did that. So I expect a nice start from Dak Prescott. My bust alert is Phillip Rivers. Look, Philip Rivers is playing the Denver Broncos. It's a division matchup. They know each other very, very, very well. Um, and Denver, surprisingly, has, has has been really good against quarterbacks, against opposing quarterbacks. Um, 
the average is uh, for quarterbacks is 17.9 points against uh, overall. And uh, the Denver Broncos are only averaging 16.6 against. So they're under average um, in uh, points allowed to the quarterback position. I expect that to continue. This uh, this could be a rough game for Phillip Rivers here. So I'm going to say that if you have him and you're starting him, maybe temper your expectations a little bit. So, um, guys, if you guys don't mind, if you guys can let me know what you guys think about Case Keenum moving forward here, I'd appreciate it. Yeah, I'm going to let Stompy get to that one. I just have to sideswipe our Broncos real quick and uh, say I don't I don't necessarily agree with the Phillip Rivers take here. There's nothing in this secondary to worry about other than Chris Harris Jr. I think he gets Keenan Allen, I, and we're going to hear from Stomp on that. Uh, when we get to the wide receivers, but beyond that, man, Tyrell Williams, Mike Williams, I I don't know how those guys don't just absolutely feast into Melvin Gordon in the passing game as well. It's I'm not looking forward to this one, Stomp. But uh, yeah, I I'd love to hear what you, your thoughts on that, and then uh, and then Ke- uh, Keenum as well. Yeah, I mean. <sighs> Philip Rivers has actually been relatively, I guess, we'll call it disappointing, but maybe that's only because of the quarterback position this season. I think he has, I'd have to look back, but last week, as of last week, he had 19 touchdowns to three interceptions, and I believe over 2,200 yards, and he was still the QB 16 or something like that. So that's kind of crazy, just looking at the QB position uh, this season. In terms of Case Keenum, I... I'll admit there was some bias. I thought, and and I think we all thought you can't get much worse than we did last season. And and I'm not saying Keith Keenum is w- w- worse by any means. He's actually probably better, but I think we were expecting a lot from his 2017 season. I think we're expecting similar from that 2017 season and he just hasn't shown it. He's made some very bad decisions He's been uh, throw, uh, prone to throwing interceptions. But the other thing is, I don't think this offense has been run correctly. They seem to go away from the run a lot. And I think Case Keenum's more of a game manager, a guy that's asked to throw 25 times a game, and that's about it, and they need to run the ball more. And we've seen how effective Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman at times has, has been on the ground and that's what they need to do. They need to win with their running and the defense and not rely on Keenum to win them games, just not to lose them games. And unfortunately they've been throwing it way too much. And I think that's where Keenum gets in trouble. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with that. It's, it's almost like you're going to get five really good throws and one just God awful throw out of Keenum and everything else is just going to be, it's whatever you know it's it's nothing nothing special there so i mean ideally he's only throwing the ball six times let's get that (laughs) one bad interception out of the way and then get all those get those five you know those five throws that are right on target and other than that yeah it should be philip lind this (laughs) should be philip Lindsay almost nonstop. and when he gets tired then royce freeman get him out you know when he gets healthy which it sounds like it's this week. So, uh, yeah, I, I oh, tend and to stop you. Stop using Devonte Booker. God damn it. Seriously. Yeah. I, that, that is, that is weird. The, his usage is weird. Real quick guys. I just want to bring up after this week, the Broncos schedule looks awful good for fantasy. I mean, they got yeah. Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, 
Um, I know Cleveland's in there somewhere. Um, who else do they have? They have uh, San Francisco. Um, I mean, the game script looks like it's going to be good. Yeah, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, San Francisco, Cleveland. Even they've got another and Oakland then, in there. Oakland, and Oakland, yeah, yeah. and Oakland is it would be would be in the uh, the fantasy championship. So their, their playoff schedule is really good. Uh, I think across the board for the offense. Yeah, yeah. I just mm-hmm. wish that we could provide somebody who's actually worth going to be fantasy relevant i don't even know that emmanuel sanders is going to be philip Lindsay to me is is about the only guy i think jeff hireman probably is kind of in the you know he's he's kind of a borderline tight end one the rest of the way but beyond that i i think that emmanuel sanders starts getting phased out a little bit i think we're going to start seeing some deshaun hamilton i had him earlier in the week i had him as uh one of my next week this week guys um, someone to pick up now because he's going to start getting some more reps as they start looking to the future. So yeah, it, it it's too bad that such a nice schedule is wasted on a complete lack of talent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I hear you, man. I, I I really hope so. I really like uh, Hamilton. I I liked him coming out. Uh, Where did he come out of? Uh, was it Penn? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I thought so. Yeah, I, I really liked him coming out. Uh, some of his films, I, I'd love to see him uh, get a chance a little bit in this offense with an expanded role. So hopefully he can stay healthy. But yeah, no, okay. I, I appreciate the feedback, guys. I know that you guys are real close to the situation. You follow that team closely, so um, I think that's good stuff right there. So hopefully fantasy owners are listening. Keenum probably not usable, not even as a QB two and superflex guys. I, I, he's usable. I think he actually is. Blake Bortles esque in terms of his garbage time. So I, I mean, in terms of fantasy, I think he, he's actually usable just because he's got, we've got that garbage time, but yeah. And, and as an actual quarterback, he's not good. Let's <laughs> yeah. just say that. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's get to the running backs here. I am going to green light. Obviously Todd Gurley, obviously Ezekiel Elliott, Melvin Gordon, Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunt, James Conner gets a green light, uh, assuming he clears the concussion protocol and is, is able to go. And it seems like we're trending in that direction. Saquon Barkley, David Johnson is is on the verge here of being an every week green light. I think that, uh, that that's going to continue as well. And Christian McCaffrey and Leonard Fournette also get green lights. Tariq Cohen carry on Johnson and Alex Collins are the less obvious green lights for me. The yellow lights in tough matchups, Dalvin cook, Peyton Barber, Philip Lindsay, Marlon Mack, Dion Lewis, Tevin Coleman, Lamar Miller, and Joe Mixon. I think those guys are startable in a pinch, uh, but there, uh, there's no slam dunks there. And then just from a usage standpoint, I'm still going to give yellow lights to Mark Ingram, Jordan Howard, Jalen Richard, and Josh Adams. Um, all, all of them should be startable, but the usage is going to really kind of cap their upside. And my notable red lights, Adrian Peterson, Derek Henry, and Doug Martin, Ooh, the Henry hate has gone too far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't don't buy into the two touchdowns last week. Deion Lewis is still the better running back, and uh, the the Tennessee offense functions far better when when Deion Lewis is involved because you can actually use him in the passing game as well. 
uh, yeah, Indianapolis just doesn't. Nah, uh, they're fourteenth. It's it's not it's not as bad of a matchup as it looks, but um, yeah, I just think that Deion Lewis is is the guy who's going to be on the field um, going forward way more often as this offense starts to take flight. My start of the week is Alex Collins. He's at home versus Cincinnati. They're the, they're the second worst defense versus running backs. It's a great game script for Alex Collins um, with Flacco, with Joe Flacco banged up. He might actually be out, which they're going to lean on the pass or on the running game even more with uh, with RG three under center. But if Joe Flacco, even if Joe Flacco does go, I don't see them leaning a whole lot on the passing game. And not only that, the Cincinnati offense is also is floundering right now without A.J. Green. There's a chance that A.J. Green goes, and that does change things a little bit. But I just think that there's an opportunity for a game script that really slants towards Alex Collins here. And I'm super excited to start Alex Collins. Uh, he's, uh, he's much more of a green light than he probably has been all season, to be honest with you. My sneaky start of the week is Josh Adams. It's not a great matchup at all. So at New Orleans, uh, fourth in fantasy points to running backs. So, you know, on paper, this is not a very good matchup for the Eagles. But this, a, a lot of that comes from game script. A lot of that comes from abandoning the run early, which is not something that the Philadelphia Eagles are going to do. They're going to, they're going to work the running backs for all four quarters they typically do that and now we're starting to see the emergence of josh adams here i think you're going to see a much greater workload than what he's had uh, in the past and uh i think there's an opportunity for josh adams to have a little bit of a breakout week um and uh n- not one that you would necessarily see coming and then a bu- my bust alert is dalvin cook he's at chicago their third best versus running backs. They are allowing the ninth. Uh, well, it's the ninth fewest. They're they're allowing the ninth fewest receiving yards to running backs. So there's a little bit more of an opportunity in the passing game. Um, but Cook, uh, can he get enough work in the receiving game uh, to get you the points that you need? That's what it's going to hinge on. So be prepared for a down game. There's it when it's when you're relying on on a workhorse back like Dalvin Cook to try and get receiving yards to get you the points that you need. It's a, it's a pretty dicey proposition, and this one could go either way. Any issues with that, boys? Um, just on Deion Lewis, it, uh, he the Colts allow the th- or have, have allowed the third most receptions and the fourth most receiving yards to running backs. So it's definitely a Deion Lewis week if – uh, if it is me deciding nice nice okay yeah i i like that no i i pretty much like everything i i do have a question for you though john are you worried at all that the game script might take josh adams out of the game plan for the philadelphia eagles with playing the saints or do you think they keep it close enough to to keep josh adams kind of involved i think they can keep it close I think there are some red zone opportunities where, which is where Josh Adams is going to be the most effective. Um, but I also, I just, I don't think that the Philadelphia Eagles are going to abandon the run the way most teams do against the New Orleans Saints. 
And I think that they can keep it close enough that they don't have to either. So that's that's kind of the the thought process, I suppose. So let's get to the wide receivers. What do you think, Stomp? Yeah, so uh, we got the chalk wide receivers. You got DeAndre Hopkins, Antonio Brown, uh, Juju, Woods, uh, Brandon Cooks, Tyreek Hill, uh, as green lights, uh, Odell Beckham Jr., Julio Evans, uh, Mike Evans, uh, Michael Thomas, Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs. Um, and then we can get into some of these, I guess, not – unexpected but some that maybe you wouldn't really think about Corey davis seems to be maybe back with a healthier or healthy uh, marcus mariota uh, against a uh, a middling secondary in in indianapolis colts um i really like sammy this week despite him fighting that foot injury that's going to be a high scoring game that over under is i believe 63.5 which is the highest of the season so that I mean, you're basically starting any and everybody in that game. Another one I really like this week is Amari Cooper, uh, Sterling Shepard as well, um, John Brown, Alshon Jeffrey, uh, Emmanuel Sanders, Tyrell Williams uh, versus the Broncos. We had talked about that, and then I really like Anthony Miller this week as well. Um, some of the yellow lights uh, for tough matchups. You got T.Y. Hilton. They're playing. Uh, the Colts are playing a very tough uh, Tennessee Titans defense. Um, so I, I just don't know how much you can really expect from T.Y., especially with uh, Luck targeting the running backs and the tight ends like he is. Uh, Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones against – I can't remember. I'll, I'll look it up. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll look it up while you uh, – All right. You, yeah. uh, Calvin Ridley, That it's just a tough matchup uh, against um, – the Cowboys, uh, Sanu as well. Uh, Demarius Thomas uh, has a tough matchup, though I do expect that he will be a little bit more integrated and he could see some work. Uh, Tyler Boyd, I actually almost put Tyler Boyd as a red light this week. Um, but if A.J. Green comes back, which it seems that Marvin Lewis is hoping that he comes back, Boyd might have a better matchup, but um, it's also tough because Boyd's still going to get volume there. Um, Larry Fitzgerald's got a tough mat, uh, relatively tough matchup. Same with Christian Kirk. They play the Oakland Raiders, but the Oakland Raiders have actually been decent against uh, wide receivers this season. Um, so that's an un- unexpected t- tough matchup. Um, Cortland Sutton playing the Chargers, who uh, who have been playing good defense this season. Um, another surprise on here: Keenan Allen, uh, like John had talked about. He would be facing Chris Harris a large part of the time in that game. Chris Harris is their best cornerback there, and he's probably arguably the best slot corner in the league. So temper expectations with Keenan Allen and then Allen Robinson as well. Um, And then for usage, uh, yellow lights, I I put Chris Godwin and uh, Dejon Jackson on here just because I don't necessarily know who's going to do what in that offense. Godwin had 100 yards last week, um, and Mike Evans only had 50-some uh, last week as well. But with Fitzpatrick, you could see all three of them getting 100 yards. Um, so they're, they're okay plays. Um, just don't expect that 100-yard game that Godwin saw last week. 
Josh Reynolds is a good one with Cooper Cup out in a high-scoring game. So that, but we just don't know what that usage will be either. So he could be a good start, but um, I just don't know how much usage I expect there. The uh, Jacksonville Jaguars wide receivers: Ke- Keelan Cole, Didi Westbrook, Dante Moncrief. Um, I just don't know if you can really trust any of the wide receivers there. I mean, if you look at what Moncrief did last week, he had one catch for 70-some-odd yards and a touchdown. Uh, Willie Sneed and Michael Crabtree. John had already mentioned that that uh, game script might go against them uh, just because they might go up big because the Bengals are floundering right now. Uh, Devin Funches, Curtis Samuels, again, those are usage just because Carolina just doesn't throw a ton. So either one of them could have a big game. Um, Golden Tate, we'll see how he has worked into the offense against New Orleans. He could see a lot of work in a high-scoring game as well, but I just don't know how integrated he is into that offense. Nelson Aguilar, how how is the workload between Tate and Aguilar going to work? Uh, Trey Con Smith, again, high-scoring game, could see a decent uh, decent game, but just don't know about his usage. Taylor Gabriel uh, against the Vikings, um, and then Mike Williams, uh, we'll we'll see. He's, his usage has been up and down this season. He's more of a red zone target for Philip Rivers, um, so we'll see what his usage is like. But I just you can't trust it. So you're gonna, I'm giving him a yellow light as well. And then for red lights, um, DJ Moore. He had that one big game, and then since hasn't really done much. I don't like Maurice Harris this week. He's got a tough matchup, and that passing game with Alex Smith is just not good. It's one of the worst in the league. Somehow they're still winning though. And then John Ross, uh, he is dealing with some injuries again and tough matchup in the Baltimore Ravens. My start of the week is actually Amari Cooper. I really like his matchup against the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons secondary has been awful, and Amari Cooper has been fantastic uh, with Dallas. I believe he has 18 targets, 133 yards, and a touchdown in two games. And nearly 30% target share as well, which is – He's he the volume is there, right? And and it seems like they are kind of out to prove that they know how to use a good wide receiver. So I expect him to get volume, and I expect him to get open against the bad Falcon secondary. Sneaky start for me is actually Anthony Miller. The and it's sneaky because the Minnesota Vikings actually have a very good um, pass defense, but specifically they shut down the wide receiver ones, which. Brings me to my bust alert, which is Allen Robinson in that game. So if Xavier Rhodes is shadowing Allen Robinson or even on him most of the time, I would expect him to be taken out of that game after coming off of a 100-plus yard two-touchdown game last week. Is that correct? Yep. Um, Mm -hmm. So, And then with Anthony Miller being worked in more and more from the slot, um, Trubisky targeting him more and more, I expect – if Allen Robinson is taken away, that you'll see more of Anthony Miller in this game. Beautiful. So Detroit plays uh, at home against Carolina. Okay. So, it, yeah, it, it, which is, you know, you've got those guys as, as yellow lights with a tough matchup. And I, I, I don't know how else to do that because 
one of those guys gets an awesome matchup, right? And the other one gets James Bradbury, <laughs> who's been... well, yeah. So it's one of those. It's kind of a hybrid tough matchup, tough matchup usage, which is like, okay, w- which one of these guys is actually going to get it, or is it going to be a Stafford garbage time game where both of them could actually get some usage in this game? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So one other thing on that though, <clears throat> Marvin Jones did appear on the injury report. Um, on Tuesday, we're, uh, or on Thursday, we're recording this on Thursday and today he missed practice and appeared on the injury report. So I, I don't even have a sense of whether or not he's going to play, but it feels like if he's out, Kenny Galladay probably gets red lighted, right? I I would have to think just because that I would be double teaming him. So, uh, who's their third wide receiver now? Is it Jones or, um, Powell? (laughs) <laughs> I think it's T.J. Jones, but yeah, that's maybe a good Theo question. Riddick might be there. Yeah, yeah that, which yeah. you know, for at the at least at the running back position, I could see him in the right in, in the slot. But yeah, T.J. Jones, I guess. Ugh, gross. Yeah, that one. That, <laughs> the one that I really hate is is Tyler Boyd. He's had a great season, but I just don't know about that offense without A.J. Green. Yeah, like he's got he's going to get the volume, but I just don't know. They they could they scored fourteen points against the Saints last week fourteen, yeah, like, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah I hear you hey I I got a question for you Stompy right quick I see that you have um you know like you said you had uh, the uh, Eagles wide receivers as yellow lights with uh, uh with Golden Tate and with um uh, Aguilar, Nelson yeah. Aguilar yeah. Uh, where where would you put Alshon Jeffrey? Is he kind of a yellow light too? Is he in that mix too? Because it's hard to know kind of what the target share is going to be there. Or where where would you put him? Is he is he kind of still in that same that same boat with the rest of those guys? I I for some reason I just trust Alshon Jeffrey more and his workload. Mm-hmm. Um, I <laughs> and maybe maybe I'm just I'm a little uh, shell shocked because I tried to sit him against the New York Giants. I don't know, a few weeks ago uh, or told people to sit him and then he went off for two touchdowns and something. So I, I just don't, I think he's going to get his. I just think you have basically four underneath receivers. You have Jordan Matthews, Nelson Aguilar, or Golden Tate, and then um, Zach Ertz all fighting for targets kind of in those underneath routes. Right. So I think okay. all of them cannibalize, whereas Alshon's just that outside uh possession receiver type X receiver type that is just going to get his and, and he'll be the a main red zone target for Wentz. So I trust Alshon more than I would those um, other receivers on that team. Nice. Okay. And I like the way you break that down. You kind of tell us the difference between Alshon and some of these other guys and uh, the reason why Alshon can succeed there while the rest of these guys are kind of struggling. So no, I appreciate that. Um, that makes total sense to me. So I'm green, white, Nelshon. Then I got him in a couple leagues. I know now to start him. So thanks, Tommy. <laughs> well, and and it, one of the other parts of that discussion is what were the Eagles thinking trading for Golden Tate? Yeah, I, I, you know that that's a really really good question too because I don't. To me, it spoke volumes about Aguilar, did, doesn't it? I mean, I. I, I, I think so, but I mean, you still have Jordan Matthews there, and then you have Zach Ertz. So I that was the confusing part to me is you have three legitimate underneath 
cat pass catchers. So I don't I don't know what they're doing with with Golden mm-hmm. Tate there. Cool. Let's uh, let's finish off the matchup so that we can get to some trades. This has been uh, extremely civil, um, which is a little unexpected. Um, hey, I'll start. I'll start throwing jabs. <laughs> yeah, I know you will. I know you will. That's that's why it's surprising that uh, we're we're in a couple. Uh, we're in some some chat groups together on uh, for FF statistics, and uh, we're not nearly as pleasant. So um, we're gonna get to that in a minute. So let's let James run through these tight ends real quick. Break these down for us, and then we'll get to some yeah. trades. John, thank you for uh, getting getting Stompy all riled up before I do my tight ends. I appreciate that. That's Anytime. awesome. So, <laughs> that's, that's what I do. <laughs> Let me start with my green lights at tight ends. I have O.J. Howard, Evan Ingram, Austin Hooper, Zach Ertz, and just real quick for an FYI, Zach Ertz does not have a great matchup this week, so I agree with you, Stompy, as far as those underneath uh, guys go. And uh, and honestly, the Saints are really good against the tight ends, which you wouldn't expect because that defense was so bad early in the year. But they uh, they are very good against tight ends. But Zach Ertz is going to be a green light for me every week. His targets are insane, the amount of targets that he gets. He gets targeted so much. If he catches half of his targets, he's going to be a, a fantasy tight end one. So um, I still have him as a green light. Travis Kelsey is another guy that he's going to be matchup proof for me. I'm going to start him, have him as a green light pretty much every week. Uh, Trey Burton and Gerald Everett is a green light, guys, and I'll talk about him a little bit um, just because he's he's not someone you would expect. Obviously, with Cooper Cup going down, it opens up um, a lot of targets, and I think a lot of people assume that those targets are going to go to Josh Reynolds and will probably be divided up between Cooks and uh, and Robert Woods evenly. And that, that very well may be the case, but Gerald Everett is starting to be a little bit of a red zone presence. I expect this game to be high scoring enough to where Gerald Everett can see a few more targets and uh, can be a usable tight end. And the tight end position in general, guys, is tough. So it's, it's brutal. So if I got a guy who I feel pretty confident in being a, a borderline tight end one, tight end two type, which is what I kind of see Everett as this week, um, I feel I feel pretty comfortable starting him. So um, he that's why he's on that green light list for me. Going to the yellow lights, uh, Mark Andrews. I think he is. I think he's starting to emerge as the tight end one for Baltimore. But I don't want the matchup. C.J. Uzama is another guy who I don't want the matchup. Michael Roberts um, has a decent matchup, but he's banged up. He might not play. If he does play, um, I don't, he'll be less than 100. percent Greg Olson, uh, James O'Shaughnessy who I, it's the first time he's made this list. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy that I get to be the first one to put him on there. Wait, didn't uh, you talk a ton about him uh, two days ago, three days ago? We, we did talk about him. It's the first time he's made okay. the tight end green, light, yellow, light, red, white. List I don't know though, about so. we. <laughs> uh, okay. I was going to say you, James, <laughs> talked about James O'Shaughnessy. I swear I heard O'Shaughnessy at least 10 times that podcast. You did. You did. And, <laughs> and, that's, and I that's love when, saying his name. That's when Travis Irish exited the podcast for the rest of the episode. So, yeah. But, but yeah, talk more about James, o, James O'Shaughnessy. <laughs> I, I will refrain, but he is on the list <laughs> as a yellow light start. Um, See who wanders off randomly this time. <laughs> Jordan Reed is on there. Um, I The fact that he's not on the red lights after the season he's had just shows you how bad the tight end position is right now. Um, Janu Smith is starting to come on. Jared, uh, Jared Cook, uh, Ricky Seals-Jones, Kyle Rudolph. A couple guys I want to talk about that are on there. Uh, Jeff Hireman, and I'll get to him in a little bit here, um, and Jesse James. And uh, the reason why I want to talk about Jesse James a little bit is because, uh, a, a real quick uh, note, I have Vance McDonald as a red-white. Um, and the reason why I have him as a red-white is because Jacksonville is 
great against tight end ones. They're not so great against tight end twos for teams, though. Um, mm. And Jesse James is going to be that tight end, too. I, I have a feeling, yeah, I have a feeling that he might um, outshine Vance McDonald this game. So I would rather start Jesse James this week than Vance McDonald. Uh, the rest of my red whites, uh, uh, Dalton Schultz, which, I mean, any Dallas tight end, I guess. Uh, same thing with the Texans tight end, Jordan Atkins, or any Texans tight end in general. I'm not starting this week. Washington's really good against the tight ends. Uh, Antonio Gates, not that you were starting him anyways, but just don't ever, but especially this week. Uh, ben Watson, a uh, tough matchup there uh, for the Saints uh, for tight ends. And real quick, I'll get into Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron because I got them on the red-white list, and Eric Ebron's been insane. So is Jack Doyle. It's strength versus strength in this one. Tennessee is one of the best in the league at taking away the tight ends from offenses, and the Colts are one of the best in the league at using the tight end position. So it's interesting. Um Eric Ebron has already come out and said that he is okay with playing a limited amount of snaps. That concerns me, the fact that he acknowledges he's going to be playing a limited amount of snaps. I know his touchdowns have been up there, and his usage in the red zone has been great. I just don't know that that's something that uh, that they're going to be able to take advantage of against Tennessee. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense for them to attack that position um, from a you know from a a strategical standpoint. So um, I don't see him getting a touchdown. And if he doesn't get a touchdown, he's not startable. Jack Doyle. Um, I, I just don't see the volume being there. I think Tennessee or uh, Indy is going to have to move the ball in different ways. Um, either throwing the ball to receivers outside of T Y Hilton, which I mean, that's, that's probably going to be something that they're going to have to work on in practice. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't like the tight ends for Indy this week. My start of the week is Austin Hooper. Uh, Austin Hooper and the Atlanta Falcons have a uh, plus matchup against the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys are pretty good against the pass. However, um, against tight ends, uh, they allow uh, an average of 11.6 fantasy points against tight ends. The average is 8.7. So they are well above that average. Austin Hooper has been uh, a lot better than most people thought he was going to be coming into the year. He's definitely uh, someone that I would feel comfortable starting this week. My sneaky start is Jeff Ironman, and uh, part of the reason for that is the matchup also. Um, you know, Denver has uh, has been using him a little bit more lately, um, and they get to play the uh, the Chargers, which the Chargers' defense is pretty decent, but they're allowing 10.1 fantasy points to tight ends this season, tight end ones this season, and uh, that's above the average of 8.7 as well. I think Jeff Ironman's a guy who's going to see a uptick in usage in these next few weeks. My bust alert is Greg Olson. Greg Olson and the Carolina Panthers are playing the Detroit Lions. It is a tough matchup for tight ends. Detroit on the year has been awesome against the tight end position. They are allowing 6.4 fantasy points per game to the tight end one, well below the 8.7 average. I think Greg Olson's going to have a hard time um, getting the targets and getting the uh, the volume that uh, he needs to be fantasy relevant. So um, that's my uh, my tight end position this week, guys. How did I do? Am I off on any? No, love it. Um, although between between no, Vance McDonald, it, <laughs> between between Vance McDonald and Eric Ebron, if you listen really carefully, really closely. You can literally hear the blood, the blood vessels bursting in Travis's head right now. <laughs> he is losing his ever-loving mind right now over those two being red lights. He's wearing. Here's an image for you. He's wearing his underwear on his head. How he got him off without taking off his pants, no one will ever know. And he's pulling that beard out of his face like he's pulling weeds right now. 
That's how enraged he is by this. He's going to make me shave my head again, isn't he? <laughs> by the way, Travis, I also have Eric Ebron as a set. Let's just yeah, right, a little nice. bit more. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the process, this the process was sound. Sorry to use the, the word that you hate there, James, the, the, the buzzword, but the process is there. So, yeah. He's, um, he's I like... I like um, Mark Andrews a little bit more than you this week. I The only reason I would give him a red light is just because they've used four tight ends um, this year, and they've given four tight ends significant snaps this year. So I, I, I think I agree that he's emerging, uh, but I really like his matchup this week against the Bengals. They've allowed the third most fantasy points to tight ends over the past five weeks. The other one, I like Ricky Seals-Jones a lot yeah. this week as well. Yeah, that's uh, the one I was going to bring up too. Yeah. Oh yeah. So they've uh, Oakland has allowed the second most uh, fantasy points to tight ends over the last five weeks as well. So I think if they if the Raiders are able to take away uh, or not maybe not take away but slow down Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald, Ricky Seals Jones will be the go-to uh, for Josh Rosen there. And that's assuming that the Oakland Raiders are interested in slowing down anyone (laughs) so yeah i i for me at this point whoever you're you know whoever's playing oakland raiders start them all because the oakland raiders just have no interest in even pretending to be a winning football team anymore let's get to some trades though guys we've got a few of them here and uh this is where the the fireworks really really light up the sky so uh, this is going to be a fun one. We're going to start actually with one that uh, that Stompy not only did you bring to the show with you, um, mm-hmm. but you actually were involved in this one. So this is a. Uh, I'll actually let you set this one up. All right. So this league is a league full of quote unquote experts, um, and I inherited a team that was. M- might be the most atrocious team I've ever seen on the face of the planet. Like I had Jimmy, it's a super flex. I had Jimmy Garoppolo, Carson Wentz, and almost literally nothing else. So I had to sell Jimmy Garoppolo and Carson Wentz for any, any and all assets I could get. So, um, I ended up getting five 2019 firsts and I believe another, uh, second, as well. And then I sold some other assets to get, um, some other young players. So that's kind of the, uh, background of this trade. So the first side of this trade was, and, and, and this is a guesstimate of where these, these first amount to, but four early firsts, a late first, an early second, all in 2019, uh, Tyler Boyd, Nick Mullins, and Justin Jackson. So that's the first side. And then the second side is Keenan Allen, Tyrell Williams, Patrick Mahomes, Leonard Fournette, David Njoku, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Wow. So you've got this as uh, – or um, Matt Spencer, who was also involved in the trade, I assume – uh, he yep. has this as 2019's 1.01 through 1.04. Those are the four early yep. firsts right now. They're projecting to be the top four picks in a draft, which I think is probably, at this point in the season, that's probably safe to say. 
you know i th- it, there's a possibility that four turns into five or six but for the most part i these are probably pretty dialed in where they're at so that's a <laughs> that's a, that's it's quite the haul as far as the draft picks go but mahomes in a super flex keenan allen in a ppr Leonard Fournette, David Njoku, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and then Tyrell Williams as probably the number three wide receiver. I mean, it essentially just rebuilt that entire starting lineup, I would assume. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's not fully rebuilt. I'm still trying to move some stuff around. Um, but, yeah, it's it's definitely looks a lot better. Uh, so Matt was looking to rebuild. He thought he had a shot. Uh, going into the season uh, and then last week decided, well, I don't have a shot. So he started to rebuild as well. Um, and he put Mahomes up and I was like, and we've already talked about it. Mahomes is my guy, unfortunately being a Broncos fan. <laughs> and, um, and I believe James said that Mahomes is the top fan dynasty dynasty asset and Superflex, is that right that is yep he is my my 1.01 overall right now i agree with james the brain yeah uh you're both incorrect <laughs> uh it's still aaron Rodgers, but mahomes looks like he's headed for top three possibly even number two no, you better you better say it because I wanted I want you to make an argument who's above him besides Aaron Rodgers. Ooh, here uh, we go. At, at this point, I still have Carson Wentz ahead of him just because of he's just been doing it longer, and I I get it. I mean, Pat Mahomes has I mean a higher floor, higher ceiling than Carson Wentz right now, but we're still we're still in season one of Pat Mahomes. It's it's just. It's a little, it's a little tough for me to push him that far up just yet. I mean, let's at least finish the season and then we'll talk about it. But, All right. Um, so here, I guess here's my argument on that is, yeah. if you look at, or I guess here's a question: Who would you rather have as a coach, Andy Reid or Doug Peterson? Uh, Peterson. Oh really? Yeah. Sure. Would. Oh. All um, right. Yeah. All right. And so would the Eagles, clearly. That that's that's actually a valid argument. That was pretty good. <laughs> um, uh, so I I guess for me it's let's look at what what Andy Reid did last year with Alex Smith, what he's been able to do with QBs in his past, and then look at the weapons as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure you would. I I think we can all agree that the Chiefs arguably have the top set if not second to the to the rams top uh set of skill positions in the league Mm -hmm. for a long time and i think that was the one of the arguments that you made james is they're locked up for a while yeah for a few years at least and and i i mean i get that for dynasty we're looking beyond next season but if you're looking past two or three years into the future, you're doing this wrong. Yeah. So for me, it's Mahomes has those weapons for a long time. He has a top offensive mind. 
uh, and he's already doing it in his first season. Yeah. And, and that, and that's even with like the Denver Broncos throwing some difficult situations at him. He's worked through them. Uh, he did the same thing with the Patriots. He worked through them. Um, so he's, he's excelled through, I don't know, excelled through his, the tribulations of this season. Um, and he's on pace. Is he on pace to break the touchdown record? He has 29 right now. Yeah. Which yeah, I don't think, I think he's was... quite on pace anymore, but. All right. But let's just say he, he would at the very least break the 40 touchdown mark this season. Yeah. He should do that easily. Yeah. And, and what amounts to his rookie season now? I mean, right you can make the argument that yeah he learned for a year but at the same time he wasn't getting that exposure so that's where i'm at is are we even at a ceiling for mahomes here do we know his ceiling so yeah that's why i think mahomes is the best we also haven't really seen his floor that's and that's my hesitation with him that's that's kind of my hesitation just in general when it comes to dynasty rankings it it gets way too fluid for some people and and it's it it does a disservice when because you know through the through the first 8 games of their respective careers Pat Mahomes and Deshaun Watson had very similar stats Pat Mahomes was a little bit more efficient in the passing game Deshaun Watson had more uh rushing yards quite a bit more rushing yards so it, but they still ended up, I mean, it kind of came out in the wash, and they ended up very close as far as, you know, fantasy points per game through the first eight games of the season. It was a difference of less than a point between the two. And last year, we had Deshaun Watson, before the injury, we had people putting Deshaun Watson number one. And then, you know, throughout throughout the season, you know, people had Russell Wilson in that top spot. People had Jimmy Garoppolo in the top three after the way he finished the 2017 season. And it just it, making those big corrections like that leads to people overspending on guys like Jimmy Garoppolo and then finding out that, you know, even before the injury, he was nowhere near the, the you know, the top three. He was maybe probably not even top 10 at that point. You know, and that it it just it just leads to overspending and it leads to, you know, kind of overestimating uh, what these guys are capable of. And it and it leads to just putting yourself in a bad situation, um, you know, with, with a long term uh, proposition like a dynasty roster goes. So. Yeah, just putting moving Pat, Pat Mahomes that far up for me is just it, it's it's too soon. You know, we need to see a little bit more. We need to see what happens when defensive coordinators get enough tape on him and start adjusting to what he does. We need to see what happens when the weather gets cold and you know it's time to start turning and handing off to Kareem Hunt and letting him be the workhorse. I mean, I think that there's definitely a conversation where Pat Mahomes, you know, if he keeps doing what he's doing, he's he's going to be number two for me. I don't see him getting to number one this year, but even even putting him at number two is something that I 
I personally just am not super comfortable with. I just can't deny what he's done this year. But all that being said, though, I mean, you definitely deserve props on on calling him a number five in the offseason. You said that he you had yeah. him as a top five dynasty quarterback then. And I mean, that that looks like a slam dunk at this point. I don't know how anybody could have him outside of the top five at the moment. All right. Well, you you've conceded a point, so I'll, I'll give you that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, so back to the trade, yeah. I so with Keenan Allen, he's had he's kind of started the year like he did last year. So hopefully, we're picking up where he kind of left off last season. Um, Tyrell Williams, I actually like Tyrell Williams a lot because he becomes a free agent next season, and I think he can pick up. Uh, if he signs a contract somewhere where he's actually like the wide receiver tor- two or even wide receiver one, because he's shown he can actually do that, you can see his value skyrocket as well. Fournette's value was depressed, but I think they showed that they're going to ride him into the dirt. They gave him 24 carries in his first game back last week. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've I've liked Najoku since he's got come out. Um, I think with Freddie Kitchens. At some point, they're going to actually work him into this offense, and he's going to be very integral to this offense. And then, of course, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, as as we're uh, watching him tonight, he got three targets, eight yards, so not great, but I think he's got a pretty bright future as the wide receiver, too, in Green Bay. So I felt pretty good about this trade, trading away all those picks as well. So, James, have you had a, an opportunity to kind of break this down while I was pontificating on – on uh, dynasty rankings and Pat Mahomes, I did. I I needed the extra time because there's a lot to this <laughs> just, deal. Just um, mute me and and just go to work. Pull out the calculator and. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what it it, it <laughs> uh, came to, man. This this is a this is a big boy trade right here. So, um, five first round picks is an awful lot, man. I I would love to get that, but. At the same time, man, I'm getting Patrick Mahomes in a super flex. I'm getting Leonard Fournette, who I, I agree with you, Stompy. I I like him just based on volume. He's going to get volume there. I, I think Tamp, uh, that Jacksonville mentality is is run first, run second, and if we have to, we'll throw on third with Bortles. And uh, Fournette really um, is, is a big part of that, p- part of the reason why they feel comfortable doing that. I'm not as high on Keenan Allen as others are. I think he's a top 20 receiver, but he's probably down towards – the you know 17 18 mark for me and i think a lot of people are a lot higher on him yeah um i i I just i I, really i mean you're starting to see philip rivers spread the ball around a little bit more i like mike williams's upside in future um i know tyrell williams like you said that that's a nice piece to get there because he's a pending free agent and i think that you know he's a top two receiver somewhere in the league um and i like mvs an awful lot too um so I, i I don't think outside of the picks you gave up a whole lot. I mean, I'm not sure what Boyd is yet. Um, I don't know if, I mean, he kind of burst on the scene this year. Last year, he didn't do anything. Uh, this year, he's, he's. I mean, he's been good for, for a couple games here, but I, I just don't know, is that the real, is that the real Boyd that we're, that we're going to get, you know, moving forward. Is that guy, you know, someone, can, can he develop into a number one wide receiver? I don't, I don't know that he has that skill set. I think what you're, what you're getting from him now is probably the max that you'll get from him moving forward. So I don't, 
Um, I don't feel too bad giving up that piece. Nick Mullins is is a total crapshoot right now. I don't know what you have in him or if, if that guy's going to be a starter, you know, beyond the, the rest of this season. And, you know, Justin Jackson's a guy who I was really high on, but it doesn't look like he's going to get much of a run, um, much of a run there, uh, you know, that the, the, the Chargers don't look like they're going to use him an awful lot. So um, I, I like I like package B. I, I think you did really well here, Stompy. I'm, I'm siding with your side on this. I like what you got. I think both sides um, definitely made a point to, to you know, get get something for their for their guys. Though. So I think this is a good trade. But I, I would side with uh, with your side here, Stompy, I think. Woo-hoo! Twitter definitely did as well at 86 percent to 12 percent. And I'm going to do it as well. Just be for me. The big thing is where you want to build these super flex teams is around the quarterback position and around young wide receivers. You've got all of that. You've got a young top three quarterback with Pat Mahomes. You've got a young wide receiver one. To me, he's a wide receiver one. To me, Keenan Allen is somewhere in the ten to twelve range. And then uh, Marquez. Valdez Scantling even though we don't totally know what we've got there yet but um, it to me looks like he could definitely be kind of a wide receiver to flex type guy for me um, my my only issue with this I is I just wonder if you know if you left Tyrell Williams out of this if you know maybe you could have kept one of those first round picks the issue is that Leonard Fournette you know he's an RB one easily when he's on the field, but when he's 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 just having so many health problems, and it it, it makes me think that you you know if, okay so first of all my philosophy on running backs it's and it, I've <laughs> I've gone over this enough on this podcast but just just how often these guys go down Leonard Fournette is the extreme of that of that philosophy. He really one of Fournette's the extreme, but Keenan Allen isn't. I definitely got to hear this one. Keenan <laughs> Allen, Keenan Allen is his injuries are have been fluky. What was it? Was like a lacerated kidney or something like that? It was not the type of thing that that was predictable, not the type of thing that can be degenerative. It, there was a torn ACL as well. Like those are those are things that the those aren't degenerative or predictable type of injuries. Leonard Fournette's ankles being absolutely worthless, that's predictable, that's degenerative, and he's going to consistently miss time because of that. So, yeah, Leonard Fournette makes me extremely nervous and so the the long story short, one of those draft picks could have went towards a rookie wide receiver that just gives you an extra bullet when it comes time to you know surviving the 2019 season at the running back position I don't know if that would have been possible or not with you know without knowing the ins and outs of the negotiations but and the other thing is getting Tyrell Williams off of the same roster as Keenan Allen um, feels like a uh, a little bit of a priority to me but again that might have been a uh, a contingency of of this trade getting done so at the end of the day, I'm I'm on uh, the Mahomes side of this by quite a bit. All right, nice. nice. All right, let's get to some of the listener uh, trade questions here, and so this one came to. Uh, let's see, 
This one came to this. Uh, this one came to Stompy. This one came to me. This one came to the Superflex show. So our our friend Dynasty FF Addict, he uh, he had all the bases. Hey covered. hey hey hey. Dynasty FF Addict, come on now. Look, no James the Brain? I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm totally left out here on my own show. I hope you know that, man. This is what you've done to me. Uh, he just knows man. I'm your. I'm a glorified secretary for you guys. and He knew I would pass it on to you. Man, oh, man. All right. Let's see what we got here. All right. So, yeah, before we get to that, though, yeah, you can send these trades to at Superflex Show. You can send it to any one of us individually travis is at travis nfl james at underscore james the brain i'm at Superflex dude and also make sure you're tagging stompy at ff stompy and we can help you to retweet it get more votes and comments and then of course sometimes we bring them here on the podcast so this is a 12 team ppr Superflex quarter point per carry tight end premium and uh this was in uh trade addicts three the uh uh, our our friends over at the Trade Addicts podcast. Um, actually, Brian Har was involved in this one. So it was Aaron Rodgers for Matthew Stafford, Robert Woods, and Mason Rudolph. So what do you think about this one, Stomp? Um, so I I went Aaron Rodgers. I, it's Aaron Rodgers, not even close for me. Um, and on it. <laughs> I'll make an argument for the other side just because if Stafford had continued to produce at a top 10 clip like he has in the past, I like Woods enough and getting a rookie uh, quarterback who could take over that Pittsburgh Steelers um, starting quarterback role in the next few years. I could see that side of it, but Stafford has been – I think he's QB 20 QB some around the QB 20 right now. And they are starting to look more towards the run. So I just don't know what Stafford is for the future. So for me, I I like woods enough. And like I said, if Stafford was the Stafford of old, I could see the other side of that trade, but you can't, I, I, I just don't think you can vote against a, Top two dynasty quarterback. But yeah, think, James? yeah, I, I, I'm I'm with you, Stompy. I I tell you what, I okay. So we're recording on Thursday night. The Packers just played Thursday night against the Seahawks. The Packers lost their third loss in a row. If you listened to the to the local radio stations here. People who have never said a bad thing about Aaron Rodgers in their life are are just. They're, they are just hammering him right now. So you wouldn't think that Aaron Rodgers is a, uh, a, a great fantasy asset if you were listening to that. But um, to me and John, I, I think I'm going to take the words right out of your mouth here. It's Aaron Rodgers and it's not close for me. Um, I, I just don't think that the, the value is on the other side. I, I would much rather have Aaron Rodgers who I can pretty much match up proof. I can put him in my lineup in a super flex every week and feel pretty good about what I'm going to get from him. Um, as opposed to Stafford, you know, Stompy, you kind of touched on it. Stafford has really kind of been disappointing. And I think a lot of it has to do with Matt Patricia being there. I mean, this is a guy who is a defensive coach. He is going to try to run the ball. He's going to try to, you know, ball control, that sort of thing. I, I really think the drafting of carry on Johnson and the way that they're starting to use the running game, you're going to start seeing that that's golden Tate's out. Um, you know, I, I, I feel like that's the direction they want to head in. 
And I don't really want Stafford as my fantasy quarterback if that's going to be the direction they're headed. Um, I like Robert Woods a little bit, and I, I really do like Mason Rudolph, but to me it's Rodgers, and I, I don't think it's I don't think it's close for me at least. So um, what about it, John? I'm, I'm, are we on the same page with this one at least? Yeah, we are. And you guys said it all. We don't – man, we need to find one of these where uh, where we have a little bit of a disagreement because on that one we were just in total lockstep. So, like I said, you guys said it all. So we're, let's move on to this next one. And this says this is from at Dynasty Reaper on Twitter. It's a 12-team Superflex Dynasty. By the way, this one came to uh, came to both Travis and the show account. Um, it also went to IDP guys. That's uh, that's partly you, right, Stomp? Yep. Yeah. So kind of got a piece of that one to Stompy, but uh, at FF Stompy is the way to go to get his uh, his direct analysis on this. But anyways, uh, this is uh, t- uh, 12-team Superflex Dynasty. It's T.Y. Hilton in a 2019 second for Mike Williams and Anthony Miller. And we'll start with James this time. All right, man. Th- this one is tight for me. I mean, th- I-, I think this is very, very even. Um, just a- my initial reaction to it. Um, I- I'm i going to go with the younger guys. I'm going to side with Mike Williams and Anthony Miller. I, I like T.Y. Hilton an awful lot. Um, I-, I really just do. Just don't I mean, like his gonna- quarterback. He- <laughs> now, stop it. I- I- Andrew Luck. I like Andrew Luck. He's been- He's been playing very well. He is throwing six, seven-yard passes to tight ends perfectly. <laughs> but <laughs> why do you? But T-Y, you see what T-Y, I mean? No. You you I, have to fill in for. You feel like you have to to make sure that Travis is bullshit is covered. <sighs> All right. John, Anyways, I was I was talking, John. I was talking. <laughs> if you anyway, if you were if you were our guest, I would have a little bit of a harder time. With that, but <laughs> yeah, I have to put up with this every week from you. Yeah, I, yeah, you're welcome, man. Um, so anyway, no, I I do like Ty though. I do. I uh, that offense really starting to come around, and Andrew Luck obviously is starting to come around. He's had multiple touchdown passes, and what is it, three touchdown passes in like four straight games now, or something? I mean, he mm-hmm. he really is starting to look good. Um, and so I and I've always liked Ty Hilton. I think he's a playmaker. He doesn't need a ton of targets to make things happen, but um, that being said, he's been relatively disappointing this year. Um, I don't think he's lived up to kind of what what he has been in the past. So um, you got to take that into account. And a 2019 second is okay, but really, what are you getting in the second round of a lot of these drafts? I mean, they're really hit or miss. Um, whereas on the other side, I mean, I get Anthony Miller, who is really starting to show in Chicago kind of what he can do. Um, he's a really good wide receiver. I think he's an excellent complement to what Allen Robinson is, that bigger type of wide receiver that can do a little bit more things on the outside. I really like what Anthony Miller can do. And Mike Williams is a guy I'm high on too. I think his usage, like you kind of pointed out, Stompy, earlier, it's up and down this year. Uh, but I think we've seen flashes, enough flashes for me to say that I think Mike Williams is going to be a thing. I think I can get two startable pieces in the future for a guy who is startable for now and a second-round pick. So I think I'm going to lean on that side. It's a close trade in my opinion, but I'm going to lean with the younger guys. And, uh, and you know, even if one of them hits and um, and can replace T.Y. Hilton, I, I still feel like I made a decent trade. So what do you guys think? Save us, Stompy. <laughs> I am also on the same side. I just don't think it's oh, no. that close. 
really? Yeah. Whoa. Nice. Okay. Um, T.Y. Hilton's 29, and I, I know we make a lot of age, and, and maybe we shouldn't, but he, I mean, have we seen his best days? I'm thinking so, especially with the season that he's had thus far. I just don't know if he's really worth I, – I, I think you have to kind of get out now and and uh, get what you can for him. In, in terms of Mike Williams, I think Tyrell Williams is moving on next season, so you're going to see Mike Williams step into that wide receiver two role, get more uh, targets, get more usage, get uh, more red zone targets. So I think he's a good buy right now, especially in rebuilding teams. And then, like I, I already hit on earlier – I, Anthony Miller's stepping up pretty big time the last four weeks. He's getting more integrated into the offense. Uh, Trubisky's looking his way more often. Uh, he, I, I think he's stepping into that wide receiver two role this season for the Chicago Bears. And the Chicago Bears look like they are a high, relatively high powered offense as well. So you're you're talking about two really young or two young wide receivers who either are becoming the wide receiver twos or will be the wide receiver twos in the near future for a, we'll call it a declining T Y Hilton. Who's 29 years of age now in a 2019 second, which we all know that 2019 seconds are basically a 50, 50 crap shoot at that point of who's going to hit and who's going to miss. So I'd rather have those guys that will have significant roles in the near future than one that has a declining role. You're our guest, so I didn't interrupt you. Just know that I really wanted to. Because No, you should have. John, you you and I know each other enough now yeah. that I'm not going to get hurt by you interrupting me. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. So that was the one freebie. I just wanted to come across as a good host so that everybody knows that I'm that I'm you know, that I'm an accommodating host. And, yeah, everywhere. Let, let You're our, accommodating host everywhere. Aren't you? On every every podcast out there, I I am oh, the most accommodating yeah. host. So yeah, uh, I I wouldn't even interrupt Matthew Barry uh, when I host uh, the, his his podcast. Oh. But <laughs> all right, so <laughs> so so here's where I'm at with this. Here's how I'm gonna break this down because I I, I mean you're probably right on Tyrell Williams moving on. But I mean, so Philip Rivers is is getting pretty close to the end of of his chain as well. Hunter Henry comes back next year and takes away a lot of those red zone targets from Mike Williams. At least that's my fear. I I I just have a feeling that I I think you can get Mike Williams that type of player and that type of production with that 2019 second. So now we're talking about Anthony Miller straight up for T Y Hilton. In a dynasty league, even if T.Y. Hilton is on the decline, I mean we're you're you're still looking at another two or three years. And as much as I like Anthony Miller, I mean T.Y. Hilton is the number one offense, the number one option on an offense run by you know one of the top five-ish quarterback, five or six quarterbacks in in dynasty. And that offense, I mean, and that's when he's drawing the toughest coverage. There's nobody. I mean, what are you going to do? Shift your tougher coverage over to Ryan Grant or Chester Rogers? I mean, 
get another wide receiver on that offense, get a credible running game going with that offense. And we might be seeing that a little bit with Marlon Mack, but I mean, I think they're going to be buyers in free agency this offseason. I think you're going to see somebody like a Tevin Coleman or maybe even Lev Bell in the backfield there. I think that they have, you know, they have room for an, another another high-end wide receiver that can take some of that coverage away from T.Y. Hilton. To me, T.Y. Hilton is just such a buy low right now. And I don't, it, this isn't, this isn't quite as low as where where I would like to buy him, but I would still take T.Y. Hilton over Anthony Miller pretty safely. I I just, that, that second, I, I just can't agree with you on that second for Mike Williams. Um, I, yeah. I, well, I, I shouldn't say that. I, I should say that I would absolutely try and send a second for Mike Williams, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, second round picks in, and I think we can all recognize this that second round picks are just tough to gauge mm-hmm. who, what's going to come out there. I mean, it's, it's really, it really is almost a 50, 50 shot that you are going to have a successful pick there. Whereas Mike Williams has shown us flashes this season. That tells me that he can step into a larger role next season. Um, and yeah. then, yeah. So, so next season is the next next year's draft is is wide receiver heavy, so it's going to be relatively deep. But can you, I guess, with confidence, tell me that you actually think that you can get you can actually get that? And I, I think you've already said it that you can get that um, production from a ninth or a second round pick next year from a receiver. I mean, I, okay, you make a good point. And, you know, not I, I think that the hit rate is probably below 50%, in fact, when you get into the second round. And especially, you know, the later you get into the second round, the closer it gets to single digits would be my guess. Um, and, I, that, and it kind of is a philosophy of mine to not give up on these wide receivers too soon when their average breakout comes in year three, which... That would be next year for Mike Williams. So, well, and and mind you, this is almost his rookie season because he missed most of last season with an injury. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I guess part of it is that I, there are so many wide receivers coming in this 2019 class that it makes me think the hit rate when you're looking for wide receiver help is probably a little bit higher. But it, it also. I'm just concerned about the situation for Mike Williams more than the talent. Like I said, Hunter Henry coming back that uh, where Mike Williams is making his, his bones in the, in the red zone. I mean, I think that when you've got that, that tight end, which is, you know, where Phillip rivers has looked his entire career that gets in the way for Mike Williams. And then, you know, you also, he starts getting tougher coverage if if Tyrell Williams does move on, you know Keenan Allen is he's the slot guy. He's not gonna he's not gonna draw the you know the Patrick Petersons and Xavier Rhodes of the world. But so that there's that part of it, and again there's just the the age for Philip Rivers. I don't know how much longer this is gonna last. You know, especially. 
the type of season he's having right now where he's thrown multiple touchdown passes in every single game this season i i don't i, I don't know how any of us could possibly project that for 2019 or beyond so it, there's there's a lot there that makes me nervous about the situation for mike williams that makes me think I could probably find a wide receiver in a better situation or at least a similar situation with that second round pick. That's not to say that Mike Williams is only worth a second round pick though. Right. And and I think the other thing we're forgetting about is what Mike Williams skill set is. I don't think Tyrell Williams is really known as a 50, 50 uh, ball guy, but that's what Mike Williams excels at. That's what he excelled at, at Clemson. So I just I think he would be he's going to be okay on the outside if Philip Rivers is willing to give him that chance to go up and get those 50-50 balls. Um, now that's not to say that he's going to be ex- as successful or that, uh, he's definitely not going to be as efficient as Tyrell Williams. So he'll definitely need more of the volume, um, which I think he can get with Tyrell Williams gone, but. I get what you're saying in terms of it's just, it's such a wide receiver heavy class that you're bound to hit on, on something in the second round. It's just whether you're willing to take that chance or not. Yeah, definitely. So Twitter's having just as much of a hard time with this one as we are. It's at 51 49 right now. Uh, Still several hours left. By the time this comes, this podcast comes out, it'll probably be resolved, but Uh, Right at the moment, they're just as split as we are. So let's move on to the next one, and uh, let's let's, uh, rock through this one a little bit. This one shouldn't be too bad, but this is from Jake Lang, and it came to the Superflex Show account, and it's Hunter Henry straight up for Donta Foreman and uh, 2019 second. What do you think, Stomp? Well, so it's tight end premium, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, twelve team superflex dynasty, half PPR, and then point uh, two five per carry and a tight end premium. Yeah. So tight end premium. I'm taking Hunter Henry. Um, I am one of the people that's just not on Deontay Foreman. I thought he was okay coming out last season, but there, I don't think you can really name a successful comeback from an Achilles rupture for a running back. And that's my fear with Deontay Foreman um, coming back. So he's he, I'm I'm afraid of him a little bit, and I think you just got to go with the uh, tight end in the tight end premium league. What do you think, James? Yeah, same for me. Um, I really like Hunter Henry a lot. I think he was poised to be a top five tight end this year. Um, he suffered obviously a major injury, but I think he'll be back. If not by the end of this year, then for next season safely um i i would like the hunter henry side on this i think that deontay foreman injury like you like you said stompy that's uh there's no guarantee that he comes back from that um and is even near 100 percent. and uh that in a, a 2019 second it's need enough to get me off a of hunter henry in a tight end premium so uh you with us john or clean sweep and twitter has it 72 percent for hunter henry to 28 percent for the foreman side it it I, this this feels like a, a sell or a buy low opportunity on Hunter Henry as well in in this format half PPR which already takes away from the wide receivers a little bit and then 
a tight end premium on top of that, Hunter Henry doesn't even have to be your starting tight end. So the whole argument of, you know, you only start one tight end, that goes out the window for me. Hunter Henry's a flex, and then you, you, you're you still looking to to stream another tight end at the actual tight end position. So, yeah, Hunter Henry has quite a bit more value in this format. And then... Yeah, you guys covered everything else. The the foreman injury, I'm I'm with Stompy on that one. That that makes me pretty nervous. Let's do one more before we uh get out of here. This is this came to the Superflex show account from our friend Peter Meyer and it's a twelve team PPR. Did I sell too low on AJ Green? It's AJ Green for Calvin Ridley and what projects to be one point ten in uh, the 2019 draft. What do you think, James? Well, I expect there to be some fireworks here on this one, uh, <laughs> at least at least with you, John, because I I think I am, and, and normally I'm not on this side, but I think I would take Ridley in the 110 for A.J. Green. I, it essentially amounts to two firsts because Calvin Ridley was a first-round pick last year. So two firsts for A.J. Green. Uh, Calvin Ridley, so far from what I've seen, I, I like I like what I've seen from him. I know, you know, coming into the draft, there was a lot of people who didn't like him because of his age. I'm not so worried about that. I'm selling a, an, an older receiver who's starting to see some injuries. Um, you're starting to see some wear and tear on him, and he still has Andy Dalton throwing him the ball. He may have a new head coach. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing for A.J. Green. Um, moving forward, I mean, I... I I don't think Marvin Lewis, he, you know, he's a defensive minded coach. I don't, I don't see that being a, a huge negative, but I don't know who they bring in. Um, <laughs> they brought in Hugh Jackson guys. Hugh Jackson is there now. Uh, I, I just, I, I, he's I a, he's a, fun he's, a spe- he's an assistant to the uh, head coach. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's he, the Dwight Schrute of the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> <laughs> nice. they, they said that, they said that Marvin Lewis said that he uh, he thinks that Hugh Jackson can help him with the analytics. This is a guy, Hugh Jackson, who won the coin toss in overtime and chose to kick. Chose to kick. You could win the game with a touchdown. He chose to kick. Anyways. He's playing um, 3D chess, James. It's okay. Playing, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's he the numbers must have been there, I'm sure. Um either way though, I I I like what I've seen out of Calvin Ridley. And Matt Ryan's been good enough to obviously bolster Julio Jones into being a number one receiver multiple times. I think he can do the same with Calvin Ridley and Julio. I think uh, him, uh, Ridley, working opposite of Julio Jones for the next few years is going to be a good thing. He's not going to draw that uh, that top coverage. Um, so I think you can get some really good usable years out of Calvin Ridley. He can learn from Julio and hopefully become a number one wide receiver there. And you get another later first-round pick, which um, – you know, uh, I, I feel better getting a late first than I do a random second. Um, so basically, I'm getting two firsts for AJ Green. I'm going to be on that side of it, but I'm interested to hear because I think I might be alone on this one. But uh, but I'm interested to hear what you guys have to think. What do you, you think? Stop? Go? All right, yeah, um, go for it. I'm actually with James on this one. Uh, nice. I really I really like Calvin Ridley. I, I liked him coming out. I'm more of the you know, I'm going to use a word that we love here, a technician Ugh. type guy. Uh, <laughs> what <are> you, t- <laughs> yeah. uh, um, you were a guest here, man. <laughs> I'm loving this. That's this how you great. get interrupted. You say crap like that. <laughs> I'm going to stop you right there. He is not a technician. Right. Nobody is. They're, all right. Uh, anyways, okay. 
But I, I, Sorry, I like the... Sorry, out for a second there. Yeah. <laughs> rage triggered. blackout. Hashtag triggered. Sean the Hoag over here. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a flanker, uh, Y-type receiver. I, I'm, I like those receivers coming out that are the pure uh, route runners, the, the sharp route runners, the ones that create separation with their route running. So I, would, I really like Calvin Ridley. I really like Dejon Hamilton. really liked um, Dante Pettis coming out. And... Uh, I don't know if you guys follow Matt Waldman at all, but he, he kind of got me on to this comparison to Roddy White for Matt Ryan um, when Matt Ryan was just breaking into the league. Uh, Roddy White was more of that route runner for Matt Ryan where Julio was uh, obviously Julio. He was that X, X receiver. And I think that's what we're getting in Calvin Ridley, and I think he's showing it. He's creating a ton of separation now. If that has to do with the coverage – Probably, but I think a lot of it has to do with his route running as well. So he's getting a ton of separation. He's getting the targets. He's got seven touchdowns on the season, 500 yards, um, and he's only a rookie. And that's that's the biggest thing is he's still learning. He's still building that chemistry with Matt Ryan. So I expect next season for him to even ha- have an even better year. And on top of that, you get a 1.10 or the 110. I don't even know why I said 1.10. What the hell was that? Um, the 110 That's how you're supposed to read decimals that i i yeah. always do that too so yeah good. so you you get the 110 in a uh wide receiver heavy draft so you could end up getting a decent and and there are some very good wide receivers in this draft um that are that will probably go late beyond like Nikhil harry and aj brown uh that could end up in a great situation. So you're not only getting a good wide receiver already, but you're getting a possibly another good wide receiver. If he, if they land in a good situation next season. So I think you have a legitimate shot to replace AJ green. And I'm not saying that Calvin Ridley is going to become AJ green or the one ten is going to become AJ green, but you have a legitimate shot to replace 75 plus percent of AJ green um, from either one of those. And I think it, that's just worth a shot, especially with an aging AJ green, who's had some injury issues the past few years. Yeah. In a vacuum, I'm with you guys here. So the question was, did I sell too low on AJ green? And I say, absolutely not. This is, this is balanced enough that I would say this can come down to roster construction. If AJ green is your wide receiver one, I don't think that I want to do it. I don't think Calvin Ridley is there unless you're just going to go into rebuild mode, then then I'm fine with it. But as long as A.J. Green isn't your wide receiver one, I then I'm on the side of the, the Ridley and 101. Um, I, you know, for all the reasons that you guys mentioned. Plus that 110, you know, like Stompy was saying, that definitely could be another another wide receiver for you to kind of groom and, and um, who could be a producer for you is, you know, honestly, as early as 2019, it also just gives you another shot at running backs and you need a million of those guys. Cause they are so, it's just such a swamp. So yeah. Interesting. Another sweep. Um, let me, let me give you guys one more real quick, just a one word answer here, but fantasy burner account, that is a trading MF right there. <laughs> he, uh, he's he sent this one to me he's uh he sent me several every day so i definitely want to sneak one in for him 
This is the most recent. Which player do you want rest of season and a half PPR? One word answer. Mixon or James White? What do you Mixon. think? Mixon. Yeah, Mixon too. Yeah, Mixon. Cool. All right. Awesome. Well, glad we could sneak that one in for him. John, can I sneak in here right quick? I yeah. just got one quick question. Okay, yeah. another one word answer, guys. I am so excited for the Rams Chiefs games this this week. I mean, I, I don't know that I've been more excited for a regular season game in in a couple years here. So, one word answer. Who do you guys got? Rams or Chiefs? John, start with you. Oh man, uh, Rams. Uh, I'm gonna go Rams too. All right, I'm going Chiefs. I'll be uh, I'll be mm-hmm. the the one the one guy on the Chiefs here. Nice. I well, Either. I just I, I think the I think the Chiefs defense against running backs is so bad and Gurley mm, is so yeah. good that that's the difference it could be yeah you're right it, it, it could be I'm still going with the Chiefs I think they just they're healthier and they just have more weapons offensively so I we'll see how that Cooper Cup injury wounds but Chiefs for me nice either way for fantasy purposes I'll give you a one word answer one hyphenated word hand check Let's see those hands because <laughs> get the hands on the table because this is going to be there's it's going to be a dim the lights and light some candles type of thing when this one's all over and uh, and all those fantasy points have been counted. But let's wrap it up for the week. We went a little long there, but uh, some really good discussion there. And Stompy, we really appreciate you coming in. Give the listeners one last reminder of uh, of where all they can find you, um, and specifically how to uh, how to get at you on Twitter. Yeah, so on Twitter I'm at FF Stompy. As John said, I'm always available. I try and retweet everything that's sent to me. I try and answer everything that's sent to me. So if you have a question or a lineup question or a trade question, definitely tag me and I'll try and answer and retweet for you. Um, you can catch my stuff at F3 pod at IDP guys. You can also go to idpguys.org and I write a weekly start sits column for the fantasy authority. Uh, that's at FF underscore authority and the fantasy You can also, and this is something that I I'm pretty proud of what I do is I, I do a, a transparency thread every week where I try and look at what I did, what I got right and what I got wrong in my start sit column, because I, I think that, that's lacking in the fantasy industry. You see a lot of people taking victory laps for the guys or the, the takes they got right, but you don't see them taking responsibility for the stuff they got wrong. So I'm just trying to humanize and I guess bring more uh, responsibility to the fantasy community. So that's just something I like to mention as well. Um, And then you can also, uh, if you want to go to uh, sportssabermetrics.net, check out the start sit tools, Check out some of the other things on the site. Uh, let us know what else we can add. Um, that'd be great. And you can also follow them at sports underscore saber. I love the accountability theme, by the way. That's a that's a really, uh, really good point. J.J. Zacharyson on this show, in fact, pointed out how bad we are. Not Not like us, not like present company, but I mean just kind of everybody how bad we are at predicting this fantasy football stuff. So there's, there's your disclaimer right up front stuff gets missed. (laughs) So, and, uh, Stompy's more than willing to tell you which ones he missed so that, you know, when he gets it right, 
he he gets it he gets it right as much or more than uh, than than most of us. So, and the other side the other side of that is that I like to show that I'm affected by this stuff too. I yeah. I make I make these calls and I actually take them um, and try and use them in like things like DFS. So right. I affect myself as much as I affect you. Nice. Well, we appreciate you being the the guinea pig on that, and we appreciate your transparency. Above all else, we appreciate you for coming on the show, man. Really, really uh, had a fun time talking with you, and uh, surprised we didn't argue more. We'll have to do it again so that you and I can really, really square up a little bit. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks, Stompy. <laughs> appreciate you. Yeah, we'll do it again. But we will wrap it up there for the week, and as we do... Ask you for the same quick favor that we always ask. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already, wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you have already subscribed, or even if you haven't, but you like the show and uh, just haven't gotten around to the subscription yet, give us a rating and review so that we know what we're doing right, what we're new, what we're doing wrong. We can get out to more people, expand our reach, and grow our audience, and really zero in on the topics that are the most useful to you, the listener. You can also subscribe to the DLF family of podcasts, Mega Feed, and get access to all of the great podcasts from DLF. And again, send us your trades. Thank you to those who did send in trades uh, so that we could analyze them here on the podcast. But you can always send them to at Superflex Show. Travis, he's at Travis NFL. James is at underscore James the Brain, and I'm at Superflex Dude. And we can, we can retweet them, help you get more comments, more votes, more advice, and then sometimes bring them right here on the podcast. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the song The Addiction that we use as our intro and outro music. And above all else, thank you to each and every one of you for listening. Good luck in week 11. And until next week, stay sexy and super flexy. Bye. Bye.